Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Yellow Gloves podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down and recapping Cage Warriors 159, which took place in San Diego, California. If you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know that I'm a little bit lukewarm on these California cards for the most part. I don't think they're very like great at all, but the previous card was pretty damn good and this one was also I guess I'll rephrase it. Like I don't have a problem with the cards so much as I've had a problem with how they, you know, how they played out initially. But I think in the last few months, in the last year, we've definitely seen an improvement in the quality of fighter and the. For me, it's less the quality of fighter. I think when you do a when you do a pod like this and you're covering um, a different level of MMA, we're not looking at PFL, we're not looking at Bellator, we're not looking at the UFC, right? Uh, we're not looking at rising or any international kind of promotion with a lot more firepower and money like we're, when you talk about cage warriors i'm not here for the the quality of fighters so much as i am for the meaningfulness and the quality of fights right and i feel like there isn't much meaningfulness in in these mm. san diego cards but i think we're starting to get there we're starting to get there and you know it's 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 a work in progress but i, I definitely feel like when i watch these cards now i'm getting a little bit more than just own one guy versus one and oh guy both making their debut one has a funky nickname the other one doesn't i feel like we're getting somewhere so this card was was a tight snappy card nine fights didn't watch it live because time zone and also it's fucking boiling in the uk right now like if you're anywhere in the uk right now it's mad i'm in london it's yeah it's insane like our houses aren't built or prepared for this kind of heat and it's just it's been a bit sucky i was supposed to record this on sunday evening couldn't like literally it was it was boiling and i'm recording it now on monday afternoon it's all right but still a bit hot so i'm not going to sit here and talk about fights for the next 45 minutes because one aren't that many fights to talk about quality of fights here was a, a mixed bag and also like i said it's boiling so we'll start at the top like we always do work our way down trevin jones versus wilson hayes was the main event of this card and, and, and the card was built around this fight really really weird fight for me i'm a big wilson hayes guy anyone that knows anything about me knows that you know it's it's almost a meme at this point the kind of fighter that, that i like because the the veteran the dogged fighter the guy who you know your mick stantons your wilson hayes like these kind of fighters that's what i like judo gym just gritty veterans maybe because i've been watching the sport for so long uh, these guys weren't veterans when i first started watching it they were newcomers and now i've probably just gained some sort of appreciation for them over the years especially like as i get older and they get older there's probably some sort of connection there and i think for the the younger gens um maybe it will be it will be the same right like some people are now getting to a point where i don't know like, like max holloway for example right i started watching mma way before max holloway but for a lot of people he's probably now that he's getting older people feel a more of an attachment to him. I don't know. These guys, maybe Cub Swanson's a better example, like a Korean zombie. Uh, I think that's that's those are probably better examples. But Wilson Hayes, this is my guy. Love Wilson Hayes. Didn't go too well for him in this fight. Trevin Jones, of course, on a pretty massive losing streak in the UFC. I think he lost to Cody Garbrandt, was cut, and then ended up here. Good to see him make his Cage Warriors debut. I think there's a lot of value in picking up these types of fighters, especially for the stateside cards. Guys have a bit more name value coming off the UFC. I thought, look, for me, and I'll always say it, and again, it's probably the bias kicking in, but I thought Wilson Hayes was well in title contention. I think he's done great work in the US and in, in Europe as well. 
to build himself back up. He's been with the promotion for ages. Obviously, a massive gap in there from when he was in the UFC, but he's someone who's been around the promotion, and I thought he was well within uh, title shot range. I don't think Trevin Jones is by winning this fight. I think he's, you know, it could be one of those where maybe we see him one more time. Maybe we don't see him again. Maybe he gets picked up by a different promotion, but yeah, weird fight. I personally scored it 29-28 Hayes, but Jones got the split decision in the end. It was a drab fight. It was a weird fight. You couldn't separate it on damage like you really couldn't. For the most part, it was it was really just who controlled the fight more. Like I, I feel like you really had to go down like the, the scoring criteria to get to something that was agreeable for either fighter. And I think they both controlled the fight for similar amounts. It was it was a very, very close one. Not one you'll ever go back and rewatch. Although in round two, there was a nice little scramble at one point. Hayes had a really nice slam takedown. I personally scored it. I had the fight 19-19 going into round three. I thought Hayes just edged round three, but I'm not here to argue with anyone who thinks Trevin Jones won for two reasons. It was a very close fight, and two, I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> waste a lot of energy arguing at a scorecard for a fight that was, you know, to be frank, not interesting, not entertaining whatsoever. Shame to see Hayes lose. Definitely has more legs than, than Jones when it comes to uh, attaining gold in the Cage Warriors promotion. I don't know that Trevin Jones is someone who's going to fight in Europe and then do it stateside and balance the two. But we'll see. Not a crazy amount to say. I don't want to waste you guys' time. For me, there were a lot more interesting fights on this card, and that's where I want to move on to now. Uh, Roberto Hernandez versus Toby Mysek. So this fight between Roberto Hernandez and Toby Mysek, or, or Misek, I'm just going to call him Toby. Um, it was really interesting because Toby missed weight by a couple of pounds, which... If you look at his topology, it seems like he it's something he, he does. Um, Roberto Hernandez, on the other hand, for me, one of the hottest prospects in Cage Warriors, like period. Like we don't even need to segregate it by San Diego versus Europe, blah, blah, blah. We do not need to do that. For me, Roberto Hernandez is top, top, top quality talent, in my opinion. I think what I like about Hernandez is, you know, you, you know the grappling's there. You know he can wrestle his ass off. You know he can grapple, but... He's fallen in love with his hands and it's really shown. I love, I always say this, but attrition to the body, hell yeah. Like if you're an MMA fighter, you're punching and kicking to the body. You are a, a friend of mine and I'm going to watch all your fights because not enough fighters do it. And if you do it, you're just straight up cool. And Roberto Hernandez is one of those guys. Um, had a really nice roundhouse kick to the body in the first round, I believe it was. Hernandez's footwork is brilliant. It's just savvy. It's clean. He's able to just slide in and out of range and just put damage on people. And and our good friend Toby here definitely felt that. Although uh, Roberto Hernandez did get kicked in the dick a couple of times in round one, but you know he just persevered, managed to managed to see through the round. I think Hernandez just continues to show himself as a solid mixer of the martial arts. That's what I would say. A good way to to define him. Uh, I, I love that. You know, in an exchange, even though he's fallen in love with his hands, when there's an exchange, in this fight especially, just dipped for the single leg, took Toby down, just dominated him on the ground, dipping right hand to the body. It's just, just glorious, right? And then in round two, another roundhouse to the body, started going to the head. Then in the midst of an exchange, Hernandez sneaks in a lovely, lovely clean left hand to deliver, which has shut Toby down. It was a great finish, and for me... Roberto Hernandez needs to be like he, he's in he's in title contention in my opinion like you can't deny it anymore he's been at the promotion for a while 
He's won a hell of a lot of fights. He's finished dudes. Um, he's beaten veterans like um, John De Jesus, which we'll talk about later. Another fighter that I really, really enjoy watching. I think Roberto Hernandez is the real deal. I think you, you put him in there, you give him a shot in Europe, and if he wins that, you probably have him in title contention, really, because I don't think there's a lot more that this guy needs to do to prove himself. And I think it's only a matter of time before the bigger promotions come knocking, in my opinion. So Roberto Hernandez versus uh, Toby, whose uh, last name I will not pronounce. Go back and watch it if you haven't, if just to watch a talented young fighter do his thing. Speaking of talented young fighters, uh, John De Jesus, who isn't young, he's very old. And that was me attempting to to make a joke and then realizing that I have zero capabilities of, of delivering jokes. And so you're now sitting here listening to me cringe at my own attempt to deliver a joke. John De Jesus, Elijah Leggett. Crazy to me that on topology, Elijah Leggett was a massive, massive favorite to win this fight. I know people go on there, they don't know the fighters. They, 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 uh, you know, they do their picks based on maybe records or, or in recent performances. I'm here to tell you, John De Jesus is that guy. I've been saying it for a while. How on earth this guy is, what is he, 16 and 11? I don't know how on earth he's lost 11 fights. I mean, yes, he's also fought a who's who of guys like Billy Quarantillo and, and a bunch of others who are now in the UFC. But John De Jesus is just awesome like he's so unorthodox he's so quirky the way he strikes but there's like a good fundamental nature behind it Elijah Leggett was really good in this fight too and I enjoyed this fight like straight up I enjoyed this fight I think it was one of the better fights of the night there seemed to be a bit of animosity between them but it was quashed at the end just love that you know neither guy was given given the other an inch and John De Jesus for me I scored it 30-27 I can see how you'd give Leggett a round potentially in this fight but um, just a high-paced striking bout. Stare down at the end of round one was top, top, top tier. Really liked that. Um, De Jesus stepping knee at one point was nice. This guy just knows how to kill a prospect. Like This is why I always put a lot of stock in Roberto Hernandez beating John De Jesus. Because a lot of these guys with 5-1, and 6-1, 6-2, 7-2, these guys usually don't beat John De Jesus. Like, he'll go in there and he'll just consistently beat prospects and yeah i just just an awesome fighter round one what i really enjoyed was towards the end of the feet the slicing towards the end of the feet towards the end of the round um when the jesus got back to his feet is what i was trying to say after some grappling uh he had a really nice slicing elbow that just ripped a cut and leg its hairline and it was a cut that stayed throughout the fight and i think that really helped the jesus kind of stifle and, and target an area that that would show attrition that would show damage on the face of his opponent the counter knee the stepping knee De Jesus is he's just brilliant to watch in the third round he punished the lead leg really well just consistently clubbing away at it and then he was drawing away at him as well in the third round so much swagger from De Jesus like he's a veteran he's had loads of fights he's won a bunch he's lost a bunch it's good to see a fighter like that still have confidence and clearly enjoys what he's doing as well just a banging fight if you're going to go back and re-watch it there's this fight, I'd recommend there's another on the card as well in terms of a good back and forth scrap. 30-27 De Jesus, maybe 29-28 Leggett, but convincing win for De Jesus and just a fun guy to watch on these San Diego cards. Heavyweights, just a, a term that doesn't excite anyone if you have even half a brain cell, but I'm here to talk to you about them because uh, Sean Rose versus Ian Dorby was uh, a fight that ended in the first round and we love heavyweight fights that end in the first round because they save us from uh, bad gas tanks 
they save us from having to watch bad striking they save us from having to watch many things so thank you guys anyone above 205 pounds thank you for ending your fights in round one ian dorby is now my favorite fighter jokes aside fun fight um for as long as it lasted i mean dorby just immediately was like i'm just gonna take you down and there's nothing you can do about it the guy's jacked as fuck you don't really see body types like that in mma anymore and you were more used to seeing them in the early 2000s where you know late 90s early 2000s if you catch my drift of where i'm going there i'm i'm, I'm maybe insinuating a few a few things here but uh ian dorby just dominant wrestling sean rose had no chance strike after strike after strike on the ground it was just a mugging like a pure straight up mugging ian dorby guys jacked to shit great win for him will we see him again i don't know cage warriors doesn't really put on heavyweight fights very often but potentially maybe there's there's someone he he throws on or, or maybe sorry maybe he's someone they throw onto these san diego cards just because they know it can rile up a crowd and get people excited as well alex trinidad versus lucas martino was a fight that certainly happened i don't have a crazy amount to say about this fight another one where a lot of cage grinding a lot of cage control not a crazy amount of, of good moments there was a nice sidekick in one of the rounds which you know dominated my notes for the most part in terms of um strikes that, that excited me and interested me uh but for the most part i mean it really was uh, not much to write um not much to write home about with this one i had it 1919 going into round three actually and i think in the end trinidad just took it it was a dull fight he he controlled the fight a lot better again damage couldn't really separate either man but alex trinidad the cool thing about this is um obviously great nickname the ice cream man and the the crowd were chanting it as well which i found hilarious but the cool thing about this was it was uh alex trinidad's retirement fight always happy to see mma fighters retire on wins because this is a brutal sport and retiring on a win is never a given so alex trinidad happy trails to him not a crazy amount to say about this one either so that was all of the fights on the main card we then move on to the prelims which actually had some really interesting fights so uh prelim headliner was brian mitchell versus james settle enjoyed this fight i had it 29 28 to mitchell james settle for me i really enjoyed his last fight um a few months ago in in cage warriors and brian mitchell good to see him in action here really interesting fight because for me james settle is an awesome kicker like a really really awesome kicker and i don't think that Mitchell you know Mitchell did a great job in the first two rounds how do you beat a kicker you crowd the kicker right um for the most part I mean we're coming off the back of a weekend where um Sean Strickland is somehow the UFC champion which you know I'm not even going to get into it's a timeline I don't even want to engage in and it'd be cool if we lived in a different universe but how did Sean Strickland win against Adesanya crowded him denied him the ability to build off his kicks and proved that Adesanya can't box right like that's something that we learned um not comparing James Settle versus Brian Mitchell to Adesanya versus Strickland of course but Brian Mitchell did well to not just crowd Settle but also circle really well so that Settle couldn't do a crazy amount though Settle was landing some really good calf kicks for the most part Mitchell was patient he was crowding Settle and then he was landing these really slick jabs one twos a few like power strikes in there behind the one two just some some good stuff from mitchell in round one i gave him that first round but they were both trading calf kicks so settle was definitely building with the attrition to the leg 
And the reason I mention that is because, you know, in round two, Mitchell became even more comfortable, landed a lot more. Um, shoulder rolling was like really nice. Like it was like a Bobby Green style approach. It's really nice kind of boxing combinations from him. Confident, a lot of swagger. Settle had a good head kick in there though that, that slightly rattled Mitchell towards the end. But generally it was 2018, Mitchell was kind of cruising to a win. But like I said, Settle's landing his calf kicks and what happens if you land enough of them, eventually it can change the course of a fight. And while it didn't change the course of this fight, it certainly changed the course of the round that was to follow. Because in round three, James Settle completely took over, started throwing with more volume, landing with more frequency, nice prodding teeps to the body, um, which I thought was was good. And the calf kicks were there all night long and Mitchell started to slow down. I mean, it was evident. I don't know if it was a cardio thing or if really like Settle had reduced his movement to just kind of plodding forward and, and taking more damage. But 29-28 Mitchell in the end, a good win for him. James Settle's always fun to watch. It's a really interesting fight from a technical perspective. So if you're looking for like a, a technical back and forth, uh, this might be the fight for you. However, the fight that came um, just before it, which is the one we'll talk about next, Terence Saturn versus David Lopez. Boy, oh boy, was that a banger. That might be one of my favorite Cage Warriors fights of the year. It didn't have the explosiveness of, of Riley and Parker and maybe didn't have the, um, you know, the, the sheer craziness of, of that Yanis Bakar fight. But I've, I've got to say, like, in terms of grappling, and if you know anything about me, you know I love grappling, jiu-jitsu and judo especially. This fight was dope because David Lopez, as far as I understand it from what I've seen of his, of his fights, he's a grappler, he likes to wrestle. Terence Saturn, I'm somewhat new to, and in this fight he blew me away. If you're looking for the best performance on this card, Terence Saturn might be that guy. Like genuinely just an awesome, awesome fighter has a suplex at one point in in the in the fight which was nice i mean we all love a suplex but the the level of scrambles in this fight of arm bars turning into uh, reversed positions and then butterfly guards it was just insane like the the not just the quality of the grappling that makes it sound like they grappled for 15 minutes they really didn't and when they struck it was clear that terence saturn was the better striker but lopez was the heavier striker so um, the more powerful, uh, should I say. Terence Saturn on the feet, really nice jab, really comfortable. David Lopez, more of like a wing and hook, overhand right kind of guy, like a traditional grappler type. And that made this fight so compelling because when it was on the ground, these two were insane. Like the, the amount of, I, I feel like if this was on a European card, uh, the commentary would have been losing their minds, right? On the US scene, commentary, obviously, commentary team is different for the most part, and they did a good job, but this would have been much better appreciated on, on the, you know, on a standard, like, UK card, for example, or Rome or something like that. But I get it. They're both US guys. You do it in San Diego. I digress. Just the grappling was so much fun. And when they struck, it was, again, great to watch. Terence Saturn is, for me, immediately, someone I'm always going to keep an eye on now. I think he's improved to 4-1 and one with that win. I gave him the decision. I thought he won uh, all three rounds. Just a super exciting prospect. I, I cannot wait to watch this guy fight again. Like genuinely, I've not got, I'm kind of lost for words because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that fight is not getting spoken about much by anyone. 
and it's going to get forgotten and actually the, the grappling exchanges were just brilliant like one of my favorite fights of all time is tim elliott versus lewis smoker which no one ever talks about it was like 2017 i think it happened in kansas it was a fight night 15 minutes of just amazing rolling this isn't to that level and they certainly don't roll for the entire fight but this reminded me of that and it reminded me of the joy that mma can give from a grappling perspective when you've got two guys who just know how to cancel each other out really enjoyable fight terence saturn remember the name because i really think he's going to be a, a prospect that we're going to have to engage with a lot more in the future hope to see him again very very soon so the last two fights on the card um i guess we'll, we can cover them both kind of in in in, in tandem i guess bobby winter uh, defeated marcus walston via second round knockout took it was like 10 seconds into round two uh, knocked out marcus walston bobby winter's a guy to watch someone who's uh, quite credible in uh, as, as an amateur i think he in the in the circuit in the u.s i mean i believe he, he was undefeated as, as an amateur really good grappler from what i've heard and from what i've seen comes into this fight in his professional debut against marcus walston knocks him out in round two after some good work in round one as well someone to definitely keep an eye on i mean the the social media reaction to winter winning tells me that he's got a really kind of a blossoming fan base so he's someone that i definitely want to see more of i was really impressed of his performance in that in that fight and then we had uh, manuel medina versus anthony walken not a crazy amount to say about this fight purely because it ended after like 30 seconds in round one i'm if i recall correctly i mean uh medina took walken to the ground circled to his back took his back choked him out it was super super quick it was a rapid rapid finish just one of those where i would have liked to have seen manuel medina do more because you know he's a, he's a guy we've never seen in cage warriors before he's coming to this fight one and three which doesn't spark much excitement and the guy who was fighting was oh and oh uh, Anthony Walken so again I don't know if Walken was the guy who was supposed to win I haven't looked at betting lines maybe it was a shock or something like that but I've maybe I need to watch more of of Manuel Medina it was pretty exciting it was a nice like little finish to get the card started and that was pretty much the card right like we only had nine fights it wasn't incredibly exciting for the most part there were some good moments in there like go watch Bobby Winters knockout Go watch Manuel Medina's submission. Definitely watch Terence Saturn versus David Lopez if you want a good grappling fight. If you want a good technical striking fight, go watch Brian Mitchell versus James Settle. Alex Trinidad fight, forgettable. Uh, Ian Dorby, I guess forgettable. Like first round knockout, but heavyweights and it's all on the ground. It's not very uh, compelling. John De Jesus Elijah Leggett, go watch that. Very fun fight. Roberto Hernandez, go watch the finish or just go watch him beat a man's body. Uh, for like a, a round and a half Trevin Jones, Wilson Hayes you can skip that completely it's it's hit and miss for me like, like I said these San Diego cards they're improving but they can be hit and miss especially when there's a bunch of fighters here who they're clearly building up and we don't know much about them yet but you also have to give credit to the promotion we didn't know who Roberto Hernandez was uh, a year and a half ago and now we're talking about him in title contention so not coming at the the quality of fighter being recruited just the meaningfulness of fights i'd love to start seeing these guys i know it's harder to get them on visas and get them to fight abroad but would love to see some of these guys take their skills to europe and see how they how they how they fare against 
better opposition against opposition with big names in hostile environments, hostile crowds. That would be so cool for me. I want to see Roberto Hernandez in the UK 100%. That's that's the next one I want to see. I'd love to see Trevin Jones in there. Like having a former UFC fighter in there that maybe a bantamweight, a highly rated bantamweight can go in against and put on a show. Maybe Reese McEwen versus Trevin Jones or Nathan Fletcher versus Trevin Jones. These are the kind of fights I want to see just to, to build up the guys who are, you know, the legitimate talents in the in the promotion against these guys who are veterans. And then on the flip side, get all these talents from the San Diego card that have put in the work, like Roberto Hernandez, and let them flourish in Europe if you can sort out visas and passports and all of that. So I'll always reserve my judgment on every San Diego card. I'll do my best to cover it and to, to have pods and we can talk about them. But not a crazy amount to talk about in this card in general I've kind of given as much of a breakdown as I, I would have wanted to it's really hot I don't fancy talking much longer you've got a very short episode from me less than 30 minutes appreciate it because the next time we talk will be the Manchester card and that's going to be a banger and it's going to be our usual long 45 minutes to an hour of you guys listening to me wax lyrical about stuff so biggest takeaway from this card Roberto Hernandez is he the real deal I think so and the second biggest takeaway is Terence Saturn versus David Lopez, one of the best fights this year in Cage Warriors. You'll forget about it, and you know a lot of people won't talk about it. Please listen to me. Go watch it and go scream about it so more people can watch it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Yellow Gloves podcast. Please drop a like or comment or anything. You know, engage with me, share it far and wide. Anything that can help boost the podcast in the eyes of the the MMA public, that would make me very happy. And I guess I will catch you all on the next one.